Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. You are halfway done at the end of today, and it flew by for me. I can't speak for you. Obviously, if it's like your first fast, I'm sure it it didn't fly by, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm glad we're not on a 21-day fast because I'm (laughs) <laughs> I feel like I'm just getting started on this thing. Uh, hope you're doing well. I'm going to take a second crack at every fast in the Bible and what it produced. I titled it Part 2. Part 1 uh, I never got into yesterday. I saw your comment, TJ, on YouTube. Selena, Tennessee, I'm healed. You prayed with me Friday for a new spine and hips, and I'm without pain. Would you mind calling in? I'd love to hear your, your testimony on the phone. It did go by fast, Nicole. Kenny, so that's how everybody feels. And I'm just, I'll just throw this out, out there, since other people aren't afraid to say what they believe. I hear a lot of people prophesying about how this autumn, the country's going to be in major trouble. This, this fall, I, I just have a, the Lord showed me that America's going to be in really bad shape. I don't feel that. And for the people saying that this fall is going to be a very bad time, first of all, it is fall. And there's not, the rioting has uh, gone away. It's amazing how as soon as the rioting was making Joe Biden drop in the polls, the media stopped covering it, which in turn caused the, the rioting to stop. I'm believing for God's hand to move in this country. And I thank you for believing with me. We have 1,300 people that have signed up to fast and pray with us. They're going to give you a number, TJ, to call. I want to hear your uh, testimony. There it is. Four one, uh, just for you. So if your name is not TJ Shepard, don't call. I have no interest in talking to you. I want you, if you have your Bible, to open it with me to Daniel chapter 3, verse 16. Daniel three sixteen. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, We do not need to defend ourselves before you. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, we will never serve your gods. What happened to my chair? Gone already? All the time. I like that. Feel good now. I knew something was wrong. Now something's right. One second. All right. Sorry for the interruption. But even if God doesn't deliver us, we want to make it clear to you, Your Majesty, that we will never serve your gods. Or worship the gold statue you set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace fully dressed in their pants, turbans, 
robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the roaring flames. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his advisors, Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, verse 25, Daniel 3.25. Look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men loose and unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed. And the fourth looks like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, officials, governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their heads was singed and their clothing was not scorched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they will be torn limb from limb. And their houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. There is no other God who can rescue like this. Verse 30. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. I want to combine that with Job, who said, uh, what is it, Job fifteen thirteen. I think it's Job 15, 13. I lost the reference. Somebody help me out in the comments. Where did Job say, good morning in New York. Where did Job say, though he, though he, sl though he slay me, yet will I trust him? Thirteen fifty. I mixed them up. God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I'm going to argue my case with him. Be silent now and leave me alone. Let me speak, and I'll face the consequences. Though he slay me, God might kill me, but I hope in him. Though he slay me, Yet will I trust him. So you combine Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Job. And you see something that was in the men in the Bible that is lacking from many people in, in, in Christianity. That is a commitment to God, to death, regardless of consequences. Some people are one. They're not being faced with a fiery furnace. They didn't have their whole life destroyed like Job. Someone made them upset at church. Somebody hurt their feelings, and they're gone. 
out of relationship with God. But I want to focus on the positive because that's who I'm, who I'm talking to today. When you have an undying love for God, it makes you indestructible. Song of Solomon says, love is stronger than death. Those Hebrew children let King Nebuchadnezzar know, our God's able to deliver us from the fiery furnace. But even if he doesn't, I'd rather burn in that furnace than bow to your God. That is a commitment that if you'll make, that I'm putting God first and nothing, not for any reason, will I turn my back on God. Not only will I not turn my back on him, I'm pressing full in to God. Then there's no limit to where you'll go. And fasting and prayer produces, it feeds into that kind of love. And so I, I want you to have that, where you make up your mind ahead of time. Whatever happens in this life, there is nothing that I'm going to not only allow to get between me and God, I, I am going to pursue hard after God. I'm going to put him in his kingdom, the advancement of his kingdom, meaning the building of churches, the salvation of lost men. That is my number one thing, and you can never back me out of that. All right, from Tennessee. TJ? Yes, sir. This is Tim. Uh, Tim, good to hear from you. So tell me, you called in on Friday. Your spine was messed up in your hips? Uh, yeah, Jonathan. Uh, I've had this gone on. I'm 69, and I, you know, I really got into it when I was 60. Uh, there's nothing they could do. And the, you know, the surgeon said I needed new spine and hips. Uh, I, I got on the opiates for four years. And, uh, you know, God delivered me from that. I've been, I've been free of that for four years. And I, uh, I just last Wednesday, I had a ablation done on, on my back. And, and that was pretty much all that I can do through the doctors. Right. But, uh, you know, I, I, I listened to you, your service, uh, Friday. And I thought, man, this is, I'm here, God. This is it. I do have no other place to go. Um, we're, we're going through the, uh, uh, not the same fast you're going through, but we're doing a fast along with you. And, uh, that's, I'm, I'm without pain. That's the only thing I can say. Uh, you know, people would say that maybe the doctor's procedure healed me, but this is the third time I've had it. And, uh, this is, this is the first time I have been without pain. Praise the Lord. So when did you notice a difference? We, we prayed Friday. When did you realize you didn't have any pain? Well, when, we, when we, you and I prayed Friday, I didn't feel nothing. And, and then I thought, wait a minute. I really don't feel anything. I did not feel any pain from that, from that moment on. Uh, Saturday uh, was probably one of the worst days that I've had in, in a long time. I, I got up and I'd, I'd lay back down and, you know, it was just, it wasn't pain. It was just uh, such a, I would say it had to be a demonic oppression. And finally I laid down and I, I just said, Lord, I'm yours. I don't have anywhere else to go. You're, you're all that I have. And at that point, 
you know, even that, that lifted. Wow, that's amazing. Well, I, I couldn't be any happier for you. I'm glad you're feeling good and have your mobility. It'll never come back on you again, in Jesus' name. I agree with that. And, and you said you even took it a little bit further than the uh, back and hips. Uh, you said to uh, that you come into agreement with me that I would be as strong as I was in my prime. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I used to be a really strong man. Sure. And I, I think now the the things that I'm 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 dealing with, it's not the the spine and hips. It's the muscles that have, have atrophied. Right from not not using them. Yes. Well, lift your hands. Lift your hands where you're at, Father. I thank you that just as you healed him and and are restoring him, I thank you for full restoration of his body. That he'll move around like somebody twenty years his junior. In Jesus' name, thank you for it, Lord, and we give you praise. Amen. Hallelujah. God is a good God. I I we. We live in Salina, Tennessee, and it's just a little burg in, in the middle of nowhere. And we we go to a Baptist church. I was with Pastor Rodney for probably eight years in Florida. And, uh, you know, I, I we went to church Sunday, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to declare this, that I'm healed. <laughs> and, I, you know, I declare it there, and I'm de- declaring it to whoever wants to hear this. No, and, I, and in Jesus' name, and I'm sure your church in Tennessee, even though they're Baptist, they probably they were happy you were healed, right? Uh, <laughs> sort <yeah>. of. <laughs> I mean, I I think what they what they do is they're going to uh, sit back and and watch. Oh, like see if it it and, comes back you know, on you. They think you just got excited. Correct. Yes. Well, they'll be disappointed. But, they'll be disappointed. <laughs> I love you, man. Yeah. Have, have a Pardon? great day. Thanks for sharing your testimony. You bet, man. I love you, Jonathan. Love you more. Congratulations. Have fun today. That was uh, TJ right. testifying, got healed of his, uh, in his spine and hips, was in excruciating pain. And that was last Friday. I've been doing that pretty regularly when I'm home. Where Friday, I'll take your calls and pray for you. I'll do that again. And just so you know, this Saturday at 10 p.m., we're going to, um, when's Jay's wedding rehearsal? Can somebody find out for me what time Jay's wedding rehearsal is on, on Saturday since I'm doing the wedding? So 10 p.m. Saturday, unless, uh, I can't see, they wouldn't have it that late. So Saturday at 10 p.m., unless there's like a dinner, I don't know. That will probably be the last wedding I ever do. I mean, I'm happy I'm doing it, just... I do this and, and preach and go home, and that's it. But Friday, I'll take your calls. Good to see you, Joseph. Today's title, this is day 20 of our 40 days of fasting and prayer for America. Every fast in the Bible and what it produced, part two. Can you grab that cord for me? It fell out of my, my old phone. So the reason, the reason I brought up having a, having a passion for God and, a, and a, I'm with you till death is that should be your motivation, thanks. That should be your motivation in the fasting. 
is I'm pressing in. I love you, God. What did the psalmist say? You, you're, you mean more to me than my necessary food. That's fasting. Let me find that scripture. Freaking A. Oh, Saturday at 10 a.m. So I'm in the clear. Uh, so 10 p.m. Saturday, we do our Zoom healing call where you can join me in the virtual audience and I'll pray for you. We've been having people healed left and right. Job 23, 12. I'll start at verse 11. For I have stayed on God's paths. I have followed his ways and not turned aside. I have not departed from his commands, but I have treasured his words more than my daily food. King James. Neither have I gone back from the commandment of his lips, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. So that, that's fasting. I, I, I long, my soul longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul longeth after you. My heart longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. That is your motivation. This is not spiritual punishment. This is, I'm spending, I'm pressing into you. And you can't do that without visible reward. Fasting is a private practice that produces public reward. You can write that down. Fasting is a private practice that produces public reward. Jensen Franklin wrote that in his book on prayer and fasting, so he likely stole it from Dr. Bob Rogers. Fasting is a private practice that produces public reward. We hit the halfway point tonight of this fast, and then we enter into the second half of 40 days of prayer and fasting tomorrow. Finish strong. Now, if you're getting married, if you're going on your honeymoon, you're exempt. If, if you're over the age of 70, you're exempt. Everybody else, there's nobody that has a 40-day period in your life where there's no uh, celebration or something you're going to have to ignore. So I'll be at my, nephew, my nephew's wedding. I'll perform the wedding. I will look very happy. But I'm not eating. Don't finish strong. So you think even today, if you've been dicey on the fast, you can begin today and you have 21 days till we break. So you could, you could do a strong 21-day fast. And the first 19 just be kind of like a, your warm-up into it. If you didn't watch me yesterday, I talked about how Anything you do for the Lord, you get pushback on it, including, and I would say the two things that you get the most pushback are tithing 
in fasting and prayer. And I, to, I spent too much time yesterday, in fact, I talked about it for the whole broadcast, that when, when Christians find out you're fasting, they get worried about it. Oh, I don't think you should do that. I don't think you have to do that. That was in the Old Testament, wasn't it? I don't think once Jesus died, I don't think we have to fast. Any, you know, pe- people don't know what they're talking about, but that never stops them from talking, does it? You'll have people brazenly make statements that are completely false. I don't see anywhere after the resurrection where anybody fasted. Okay, sorry you have a Bible with Acts 13 ripped out. And we're going to get into that. Fasting and prayer is not in one or two places in the Bible. Fasting and prayer is all through the Bible. So the title today is Day 20, Every Fast in the Bible and What It Produced. And I'll, I'll preface my remarks. I'm going to skip the fast that were not spiritual fasts. In other words, fasting is not eating. So there are times in the Bible where somebody was so grieved that they didn't fast. When Rodney Howard Brown got arrested, I, I fasted for two days and then just decided to go on a 21-day fast because I had already done two days, so I figured that's the hardest two days. It so grieved me that in America they were arresting... Um, yes, thank you, uh, Ganyans. I'm 25 weeks pregnant, so I'm not fasting. Pregnant and nursing mothers are exempt. I knew I was leaving out one group. Married people, honeymooners, even God exempted newly married people from going to war in the Old Testament for at least a year. You know, you don't fast on your honeymoon and and fast at your wedding reception. You can be spiritual without being a weirdo. There is a time to fast and there's a time to feast and celebrate, which is one reason why I've never gotten into a, a fasted life. First of all, it's not in the Bible. Secondly, the same God that commanded fasting commanded feasting. There's times to celebrate. You don't fast at Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving time is a time to celebrate and give thanks to God for all that he's done. So we, I want you to see that this not only is in the Bible, it's all through the Bible. Can you see the thickness of this printout? Every fast in the Bible? So I'm not going to cover the ones where somebody got bad news and just didn't eat. I'm going to cover the ones where people entered into fasting, and then I want to see, and I haven't read through all these, but I have at some point, but I, haven't, I didn't wake up at 7 in the morning and read through all these scriptures to see what happened when people fasted. So we're going to discover it together. Day 20, every fast in the Bible and what it produced. Judges 20, 26. I'll take a refill on my uh, coffee, if you would. Judges 2026. 20, Thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for liking the Facebook broadcast and sharing it. Any positive interactions that you give us outweigh the interactions of people who wish I was dead. Judges 2026. 20, then all the Israelites went up to Bethel and wept in the presence of the Lord and fasted until evening. Write that in the comments. Fasted until evening. Because the Redeemed Christian Church of God calls a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. fast when they do their long fast. Because, like I've said, if I called a 40-day fast, who could do it? One, you know, Kofi, maybe one other person. 
somebody else from Ghana or Nigeria. But the Americans aren't going to do that. They've never fasted. Thank you. They've never fasted one day or three days. So if I announce a 40-day fast, you're just going to have a lot of people that feel bad eating for 40 days. Because they can't do it. So when I first started announcing the 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. fast, I told you yesterday, you have Christians, they fall into two camps when it comes to fasting and, and prayer. One group mocks it, and then the other group, it's, you, your fasting's never good enough. Oh, you have coffee on a fast? Is there sugar in that coffee? I, I've always heard you're not supposed to have sugar. Where'd you hear that? What's coffee with cream and sugar? 80 calories? You know, it doesn't exactly break the fast. It's like you have a, a coffee night. Man, I'm never going to eat again. You're not withdrawn in a cabin in the woods. You, you're still going about your daily routine. You need to have something in the tank. So you have the one group. I don't think you need to fast. You know. You can, some people fast and pray. I just, I know what the word says about me. Oh, well, so Jesus must have been a little like sketchy on what the word says. That's why he entered into fasting and prayer because he, he had a poor revelation of the word of God. He is the word. And I'll tell you this. One of the reasons I fast and pray is because I've seen the difference between Christians and particularly ministers who fast and pray and the ones that don't. Fasting and prayer makes you spiritual. It makes, it, you know, Paul said in Galatians chapter 3, verse 3, O foolish Galatians, why after starting in the flesh, sorry, why after starting in the spirit are you now trying to finish in the flesh? Your body, yourself, has a natural tendency to gravitate back to carnal things. The flesh, even in ministry. You know, teach things that are good things, but they're not spiritual. Seven keys to good work relationships. Three keys to managing your time. The power of saying no. How many of you know we can't say, we get a lot of offers to do things in the course of a week, but we can't say yes to them all. We need to learn to say no so it frees us up to do the most important things. That's true, but that's, that's not, <laughs> that doesn't make people pop out of wheelchairs. That's not what they were preaching in the book of Acts. That's what they've preached in this country in the last 15 years that's turned it into what it's turned it into, and we need to go back into spiritual things. So anyway, I started calling a 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. fast. First of all, I'm following the example of Pastor Enoch Adeboye, who has started 19,000 churches worldwide. So number one, the person who does it is not a lightweight. One of Time Magazine's 50 most influential people on planet Earth. But, you know, some, somebody heard I was doing it and took time in their message. I heard there's an evangelist calling people to a fast, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's a Muslim fast. In the Bible, you fast all day. No. Judges 20, 26, they didn't fast all day. They fasted until evening. Learning not to be a jerk will help you in life. What are you going to pick on me? You know, why? It's like Jesus said, why upbraid me for doing a good thing? You see somebody fasting and you're going to give them a hard time because they're not fasting good enough for you? We always just had water. 
Then if you only do water, we never drank anything. We old timers would do dry fast, no food, no water. Okay, thank you fasting Karen. Judges 20, 26. Then all the Israelites went up to Bethel and wept in the presence of God and fasted until evening. You can write that again. So that's what we're doing. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. So they combined it with their giving. You're going to see that all through the Bible. Even when Jesus taught it in Matthew 6, when you fast, when you pray, when you give. Fasting, praying, and giving, when you knit those together. You're sowing, basically, your life as a seed in the fasting and prayer, and then you're giving your best to the Lord while consecrating your life in fasting and prayer. It's very powerful. I'm going to tell you another thing. Amen, Raymond. Thank you. Ahead of time. Me too, Leslie. That's what I have right now. Just so you know, I really like meeting with you people in the morning. And I can't say that about too many people, but in the morning, I'm talking about. But I like meeting with you in the morning. Thanks for taking time to study the Bible with me. You know, you hear people in church say, um, how many of you know some of us give our time, some of us give our talent, some of us give our treasure. Did you ever wonder what would happen with your life if you gave all three? All that you are, the focus of your time was kingdom building, and your treasure, you honored God with your wealth and the best part of everything you gave while doing the other two things. It's powerful. That's what they did here. They also brought burnt offerings and peace offerings to the Lord. The Israelites went up seeking direction from the Lord. In those days, the Ark of the Covenant of God was in Bethel. And Phinehas, son of Eleazar, and grandson of Aaron, was the priest. The Israelites asked the Lord, Should we fight against our relatives from Benjamin again, or should we stop? The Lord said, Go tomorrow. I will hand them over to you. And if you read the rest of the story, he did. If you read the chapter, uh, the part of the chapter before where we started, they had fought a battle and lost. Now they mixed in fasting, prayer, and giving, and the battle they had lost before, they now won. So fast number one, Judges 20, 26. Or we'll call this fast number two. Fast number one is Exodus 24, 18, Exodus 34, 28, Deuteronomy 9, 9, 9, 18, and 10, 10, when Moses twice spends 40 days on Mount Sinai without eating or drinking, mourning over Israel's sin. But I'm not, I'm not covering that. Number two, fast that you see in the Bible, Judges 20, 26, Israel fasts until evening to invoke God's blessing, and God tells them, go out to battle, and I will give you, I will turn, I will hand over your enemies to you. Where they lost before, they now won. Thanks, Brittany. Blessings to you, Maria. Nice to have you on, Lance. Drea in Canada. Sam, great to have you watching on the uh, app. Okay. 
Fast number three, 1 Samuel 1. This is day 20, every fast in the Bible and what it produced. So that fast produced a victory where they had had defeat before. So let's believe for that. That areas in your life that you haven't been able to master, money, an unclean habit you don't want following you around, that you gain permanent victory. Write that down. Permanent victory where you used to have defeat. Permanent victory where you used to have defeat. 1 Samuel 1, 7 and 8. Year after year, it was the same. Penaniah would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time Hannah, who was unable to have any children, was reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkna would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having 10 sons? What a moron. Once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. So I never saw this as an example of fasting and prayer until now. But the Bible says, so like if you just do a word study on fasting, it won't come up. But she's grieved that she can't have any children, so she would not eat and then went to the temple to pray. Say it, fasting and prayer. And what happened? As she was praying, Eli watched her, said, throw away your wine. Are you coming here drunk? Oh, no, sir, she said. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I'm very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. And she went back and began to eat again. So she was not eating. And she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. When they were turned home to Ramah, when Elkness slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. Fast number three, Hannah weeps and refuses to eat when her husband's other wife provokes her and prays for a son, and the Lord gives her a woman who was never able to have a baby she, I asked the Lord for him, and he gave him to me. Number three, that fast produced a personal miracle. A personal miracle. 
that was a, let's write this down, produced a personal miracle that was the desire of her heart. Many ministers feel it's their job to talk people out of desiring something in their heart, but God never did that. He didn't do it when Jabez prayed, Lord, enlarge my territory, increase me. Keep me from trouble. And the Lord granted his requests. They were all personal requests. Because God responds to faith. God's pleased when you go to him for what you desire rather than people. God has no qualms blessing his children. He loves to bless his children. I want a son. God, give me a son. God didn't say, oh, you want something for you, Hannah. How come you never pray for anything? No. Please write this down. When your faith says yes, God will not say no. Faith moves God. He's moved to action by faith. What things do you desire? You're not wrong to go after them in fasting and prayer. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you've received them and you shall have them. Fast number three, Hannah fasts and prays for a son, something she was unable to have, and the Lord did a miracle for her to give her the desire of her heart. I join my faith with you. That whatever you desire personally, that it would take a miracle for it to happen, that that miracle is released to you by the end of this fast in Jesus' name. Fast number four. 1 Samuel 7, 6. Samuel leads Israel to victory. I'll start up a little higher. 1 Samuel 7, 3. When Sam, then Samuel said to all the people of Israel, If you want to return to the Lord with all your hearts, get rid of, all, of your foreign gods and your images of Ashtoreth. Turn your hearts to the Lord and obey him alone. And he will rescue you from the Philistines. So the Israelites got rid of their images of Baal and Ashtoreth and worshipped only the Lord. Then Samuel told him, gather all of Israel to Mizpah and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered at Mizpah and in a great ceremony drew water from a well and poured it out before the Lord. They also went without food all day. This is another one that's like a hidden fast in the Bible without food all day, and confessed that they had sinned against the Lord. Verse 7, when the Philistine rulers heard that Israel had gathered at Mizpah, they mobilized their army and advanced. The Israelites were badly frightened when they learned that the Philistines were approaching. Don't stop pleading with the Lord, our God, to save us from the Philistines, they begged Samuel. So Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord. So what are you seeing here again? 
Prayer, fasting, and giving. It's all through the Bible. It's a threefold cord that's not easily broken. Prayer, fasting, and giving. That's why I've been doing, you know, I'm sure not you, because you guys are different. Oh, he, he must need money. He's asking. No. If you're going to take a step of faith in fasting and prayer, why not also work with God with your faith in the area of money? Father, I'm believing for breakthrough. I'm giving you this as a seed ahead of time, a thanksgiving offering. I believe in you. This represents my life. Why is money precious as a seed? Because money represents your life. You had to trade in time away from your family. Working hard. It represents literally your life. You know, if you make $1,000 a week after taxes, a $1,000 seed represents 50 hours you were away from home. And you give that to the Lord. So actually, when you, when you sow a financial seed, you are sowing your time and talent. I hate when people teach it. Some give their time, amen. Some give their talent. Some give their treasure. Your time and talent is what produced your treasure. And when you honor God with that, number one, you're telling him, I know you're the one who gave me the talent, and you gave me the time. You gave me my life. You woke me up. Because of you, I live. You gave me the giftings to produce this, and I bring this to you, number one, to honor you. Number two, to show you I've not forgotten the source of my life and my, my, my giftings. And number three, I'm sowing it in faith because you said when I give, I will receive. Press down, shaken together, and running over to make room for more. You'll cause men to give liberally into my bosom. I'm I'm taking you at your word and putting this in your hand, believing for a multiplication back in opportunity, in open doors, in favor, and finances. People are sharing in the comments what they're believing for. I, I like that. I like that, Sharetta. And, and I'm telling you, my faith is joined with you. You're, we're fasting and praying together. I'm believing for you. That's why we're doing those Saturday night uh, breakthrough prayer services. I, I want to minister to you. You have enough people in life that stand against you or mock you. Look at Hannah believing for a son. Lady in her own household would make fun of her because she couldn't have any children. You have enough people that mock what you don't have, mock you for believing God. You should have somebody in your life that encourages you in the things of faith. Samuel took a young lamb and offered it to the Lord as a whole burnt offering. He pleaded with the Lord to help Israel, and the Lord answered him. Write that down. The Lord answered him, and the Lord answered Hannah, and the Lord answered Samuel, her son. Man, it's awesome reading this to think, because we're going through the Bible like in order. Where did Samuel get the faith to believe God like that? He had a mother that was a Miracle praying woman. And now, now he's taking it to the next level. Timothy, the faith that was in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, 
now resides in you. So actually, your fasting and praying and your exercising of your faith creates a heritage of faith for your children. My daughter's never going to hear from me. Well, let's be realistic now. My daughter plays a game called uh, Roblox, or it might be one of the other ones. And you can design your own house on it. So she said, hey, Pa, look at the house that I designed. And she showed me her room. Her room, there's a bed, there's a floor for a little bit by the bed, and then a deep pool. And she said, then you can jump right out of bed into the pool. She said, I'd like that in real life. You know what I told her? I said, I can make it happen. You know what I didn't tell her? Well, I don't think you can have, I don't even think they have stuff like that in houses. Please. If you can dream it, you can have it. Hallelujah. If you can dream it, you can have it. Line your, your faith up with what your heart desires. Line your confession up with what your heart desires. If you can dream it, you can have it. If you're looking for somebody to squash your dream, you're on the wrong broadcast. Well, how many of you know we also need to be realistic? Be very unrealistic. Have big desires. Have big dreams. You know why some people don't have answered prayers? Their prayers are so small, God's not interested in getting involved. God's interested in, God's a big God. He's interested in big things. You ever notice that people that plan small things never have any miracle stories and are struggling usually? And people that are doing big things have tons of miracle testimonies of how it all came to pass? You'd almost get the impression that God can't lower himself to get involved in, in, in things that are so small. And I know people could isolate what I'm going to say and like, I'm not saying if you're four and you'd like a goldfish that God doesn't care that you want a goldfish. I'm talking when you're a man or a woman and you, you, you're planning little dinky things like you don't even serve God, like your God's not real. Things that you don't even need God's help to make it happen. How can he get interested in that? When you start putting your faith on the line that if God can't do this, it'll never happen. I'm believing you for something. Like Hannah, I can't have a baby. But you can open my womb. And I'm asking you for a son. And God answered her. Put your faith out for miracles. What big thing are you believing God for? 
I mean big. You might not have had a dad like me. That when you were a little kid and you had an idea, you'd like a pool right next to your bed. Yeah. That would cost a lot of money. You don't even make houses like that. I'll have one built for you. How's that? Start talking big. You know something? When you spend time in God's word and start reading about how big God is, it makes you start thinking big. And when you start thinking big, you start talking big. Write this down. If it's too big for your mouth, it's too big for your hand. If you can't get the faith to speak it in prayer or confess it, you'll never grab it. Because your mouth is spiritual. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Why do you think when you get ready to believe and speak something, you feel a resistance? I'm going to, you look at a home on a hill. I'm going to live in a home like that. You start to say, eh, I don't know. You know, maybe I, maybe I won't live in a home like that. I don't want to say it. There's not even anybody in your car. Start talking big. I mean, you're, you're on 40 days of praying fasting. 99% of Christians haven't done four days. You're pressing in. Don't come out of this with nothing. Come out of it with a testimony. Believe for the best. You know what? Since I'm already labeled a prosperity preacher, let me just go full into it. I'm not talking about being covetous. Let me tell you, if you saw where I lived, you would be very unimpressed. And can I share something with you? One of the reasons, I'm going to give you two reasons why I haven't got got my own home yet. Number one is I saw God give my dad a home that was bigger than he ever would have, would have gone for himself. So I'm, I focused all our money on building God's kingdom. And when he is ready to reward me, I'm open. And the second reason is I've seen homes, I mean homes, that make your jaw drop. So it's very hard for me to get interested in a mid-range home. I can't get interested in it. I've rented homes on the road. Especially during, during COVID because the hotels are all jacked up. And you know, we bring a crew with us, so we need to rent a big home. I've seen what's possible to live in. It's hard for me to get interested in a home that's in a neighborhood where all 40 of them look exactly the same. I can't get interested in it. Write down, believe for the best. Go on your Instagram real quick if you can do it without logging off.
Type in Rob Report. R-O-B-B-R-E-P-R-E-P-O-R-T. Rob Report shows you the best of what's in the world. Volocopter will start testing its electric air taxis in Paris next year. And airspace around the French capital may never be the same. A new kind of helicopter just for inner city travel. Do you know what? I'm not, I'm not talking about you looking at that so you can start coveting different kinds of jewelry. But how are you going to believe for the best when you don't even know what the best is? I make myself look at that stuff. Because I want to know what's out there. And if a heathen person under a curse can believe for it, why can't I believe for it? If a heathen person can have it, why can't somebody that's under the blessing of Abraham have it? Where are the nicest places to stay? Because if you don't know what's out there, you're going to be one of those Christians that thinks prosperity is having a Louis Vuitton phone cover. Gucci belt. Congratulations. And I had nothing wrong with any of that. But man, God said in 1 Corinthians 2.9, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, What's never entered into the heart of man, that's what I have reserved for those who love me. So if this world was created for God's children to enjoy, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry for anybody that's watching now or that's going to watch in the future, that your mind is at such a low level that you can't think that somebody can actually appreciate nice things without letting it take a place in their heart. But we exist. I'm one of them. This chair I'm sitting in, it irritated my faith, the old chair I was sitting in. It was uncomfortable, it was cheap, it felt cheap. I said, I want, I want a good chair. I sit in this several hours a day. Which one? Find out what the best one is and get it. That's what. What do we want for a, a background, for a studio? Whatever the best screen is. And what happened? This thing should have cost $110,000. It finds We find out the man that's the broker for them has worked with us in Festival of Life and likes me, and he gives it to me for 30% of the cost and installs it for free. If you'll start looking up with your eyes to the best, God is interested in getting involved in, in big things. He's not interested in getting involved in small things. You want to go build a little crappy church? God's not interested. Read what kind of temples he liked. The best wood overlaid with the best gold. That's God. Read what heaven's like. Streets of gold. A gate fashioned from a single pearl. That's God. He's a big God. And he likes getting involved in big things. 
You make me happy, bro. I'm glad, Leslie. Who told you you have to live at a small level? There's a place at the top with your name on it. I refuse to get to heaven and find out I, I could have. Uh, just so you know, Jonathan, before you go to your mansion, here's where you were supposed to be. And here's where your little dinky faith puts you. Get the faith for it. Get it from the word. Nothing's impossible to him who believes. You can exercise your faith in any realm. Faith for healing. Faith for divine health. Faith for protection. Faith for deliverance from trouble. And faith for your transportation, for your clothing, for your family, to make an impact on your generation, for where you live. God doesn't decide where you're going to live. You decide where you're going to live. And that, Dave said, you provoked me, man, to good works. Thank you, whoever sowed. God bless you and your seed. But I'm not, I am going to receive an offering at the end. I receive an offering at the end of whatever I preach on. Because it's scriptural. But this is not for an offering. Uh -uh. And I'm speaking strongly to reverse everybody the devil sent in your life to discourage your faith. Tell you where you can live. Tell you what you can drive. That's the devil. Get your eyes. Lift up thine eyes. Turn to Genesis 13, 14. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abram, Lift up thine eyes as far as you can see in every direction, north and south and east and west. I am giving all this land as far as you can see. As far as you can see. Write that down. As far as you can see. Limited vision produces limited faith. You look small. You can't believe big. See it with your eyes. See what's possible in life. If I was, gonna be, if I was a pastor and I was going to build a church, I'd go to an auditorium in Las Vegas and see what they're using. If they can have it, I can have it. I'm not living in, I'm just going to tell you right now. I'm not living in some house that, that, that looks like everybody else's house. I'm not doing it. I'll stay where I'm at before, before I try to make something happen in the flesh. There's tons of scriptures on the kind of home God, God will give you. When you've, when you've built fine homes to live in. 
Turn to, isn't that what it says in Deuteronomy? Eight fine homes. Deuteronomy 8, 6. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. That's what we're doing. I'm not casually committed to Christianity. All the ministers that want to get up and say, these American Christians, you know, they don't, they don't pray. No, don't, don't put me in that category. I love God with all my heart, unequivocally. I would have happily gone to jail before I shut down preaching this year live. Couldn't get anybody to arrest me. I tried very hard. Nobody wanted me. So obey the commands of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and fearing him. Fasting and prayer is walking in his ways and fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Hallelujah. Say that out loud. The Lord my God is bringing me into a good land. He's got a place with my name on it. God never made a covenant with anyone without turning land over to them. Hallelujah. As soon as that revelation hit me is what broke me into what, what we have now. And it won't stop. As soon as I heard that revelation that God never, and it's true in the Bible, God never went into covenant with anybody without turning property over to them, land. And I thought, well, I'm in covenant with God, don't have any land, so what do you do? Confession brings possession. I said, I thank you, Father, that I'm not going to be a tenant. I'm going to be a landlord. I'm not only going to have property for me, I'm going to have property to rent out. So this office opens up, and what do I find out it has? Two apartments with tenants and, and, a, and a commercial office space that has a tenant. Confession brings possession. Lift up your eyes. Don't let religion turn this into a little baby book for you. The blessing of Abraham belongs to all who put their faith in Christ Jesus. Abraham's blessing is mine. Here's a comment on Facebook. I knew some idiot would come in before long. I have a question. Please refer to me the scripture where Paul believed for a big house. What land did God give Paul and Peter? When Paul was a prisoner, you can leave her on. You don't have to block her. I don't give a crap. I've dealt with these people my whole life. When Paul was a prisoner, he lived in his own home. That's the scripture. As a prisoner, he had his own private residence. Read it in the book of Acts, dummy. Go watch somebody else's broadcast. If you like little homes, you like your kid going to some crappy public school where they're given self-touching lessons in first grade, knock yourself out. 
The people of God belong with the best of God. Period. Go send your kids to some dump school where they come out hating God. Not sure what gender they are. Because some idiot makes you feel bad for believing for the best. So there's your scripture, just so you know. Well, you have a home and have two. So who gave it to you? The devil? Or did you do it with God's help? Your mind doesn't even work right. There is never, you can mark my words, there's never a time where you're going to move forward in prosperity and not have somebody start, show me in the Bible. First of all, if there was no reference to where Paul lived, it doesn't cancel out. All scripture is inspired by God. Show me where Jesus had a big house. I can show you. Where are you, live, where are you staying, Lord? And he said, come and see. And the crowd pressed into the home. He was in a home that a crowd could press into. Type less, listen more. I know my word. Everything I have came from this word. And little punk Christians that have a problem if you drive a new... 90% of you that are watching me, if you drove to your church this Sunday, if it's open, if you drove to your church this Sunday in a new car, you'd have to give an answer to eight people standing out in the parking lot eyeing you. Is that a new car? How'd you get that? Always trying to keep you down. I'm not one of them. I want to see you go to the top. I want to see Christians like Amy Coney Barrett with the wisdom of God. Now, she's not, she's not selling beaded jewelry for 10 bucks a bracelet. She's going to sit on the Supreme Court and influence the country. Lift up thine eyes for as far as you can see to the north, the east, the west, and the south. I'm giving it to you as far as you can see. So the devil looks to limit your vision and what you think's possible. That you will observe to do. What you don't observe, you'll never do. For all the ministers you know have little crappy churches, you don't know anybody that has a plane. You don't know anybody that can preach in su on Sunday morning one place and preach across the country in another place, then you're never going to do it. Get around big people. Get around the Abrahams of your generation because you'll see what's possible. You want to know what else you'll see when you're around them? Is that they're just common, ordinary people. You start to realize it actually doesn't have anything to do with you being amazing. It has to do with faith. Believe, I believe you, God, for the best. Let me finish this because this will clear it up. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land of flowing streams and pools of water with fountains and springs that gush out in the valleys and hills. It is a land of wheat and barley, of grapevines, fig trees, and pomegranates, of olive oil and honey. It is a land where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Write that down. Where nothing is lacking. Where everything is plentiful and nothing is lacking. That's what God has for you.
Más café, por favor. Te amo. And if you tell me we're out of coffee when I'm preaching on nothing being lacking, I'm, I'm kidding. There's more than enough. Even coffee. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Why don't you close your eyes unless you're driving? Why don't you close your eyes and say it right where you're at? The Lord my God is bringing me into a good land. What I never had as a child, my children will have. And if you raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, I'm going to tell you right now, my wife has done a stellar job raising our daughter. Because people give her, thanks, people give her all kinds of things. And you would think she was a, an orphan when they give it to her. She never. Somebody can give her something that she already has two of. Oh, thank you. Wow. And she, it's not fake. Because if you raise them to love God, materialism and selfishness, and you raise them to tithe, and you make them give 10% of their toys away, it breaks greed. That's what people can't ever get straight. They don't understand that you can have eyes that see big things, faith to go after big things, but that it doesn't take the place of God in your heart. Was Abraham blessed? Did Abraham have land? Did Abraham have homes and servants? Yes, he did. Did it ever take the place of God in his heart? No, it didn't. So you know what that shows you? You can be like your father Abraham. You can go after the wealth of the wicked. But never let it take a place in your heart. That's what you're going to do. I will fight. I will fight with every fiber of my being. A spirit of unbelief. A spirit that glorifies poverty and lack. Because there must be a new generation of Christians that are not looking small. But know how to lift up their eyes and see to the north and the east and the west and the south. That all that I can see, the Lord has given me. See it in the word. Where food is plentiful and nothing is lacking. Say it out loud. Type it in all caps. I'll never be broke another day in my life. This was the worst economic year in, in my whole generation. Our ministry has almost doubled its best year ever on every metric. Because my life is not determined by what's going on out there. My life is determined by how high I can stretch forth my eyes and look and see what belongs to me in my covenant. I'll never be broke. I'll never be poor. I lift the poor. I help the hurting. I'm not among them. God has lifted me up to, to use me to bless my generation. I have no, if you can't tell, I have no tolerance. For speaking against the promises of God as a now, if you're an atheist, 
Knock yourself out. But believers who want to correct a minister who knows what they're doing. I I, I got no, that is what has kept churches poor and banks rich. That's what's kept ministries from not being able to make any advancements unless they can get a loan from a heathen, lag-a-lout, cigar-smoking banker and fill out little paperwork in a cubicle to see if the devil will loan you some money to do the Lord's work. That dies in my generation. The blessing of Abraham's real, and I contend for it. I'm a very calm man. But if you knock God's power, you knock divine healing, you knock prosperity, it brings another side out of me because Jesus never tolerated unbelief. He comforted people who were sad. He rebuked unbelief. You faithless generation, all things are possible to him who believes. Verse 11, but that is the time to be careful. Look at this in verse 10. When you have eaten your fill, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Number one, he doesn't mind you eating your fill. Number two, all he wants is for you to praise him. To never say, I did it. God did it. And I'm going to tell you something. What do you think we're doing right now? If I had the most financially successful year I've ever had in my life by far, and I'm on 40 days of prayer and fasting, I'm not doing it for a personal miracle, am I? I'm doing it chiefly to show God, I know you did it. That's why the Bible says, humble yourself in fasting and prayer. It would be very easy to not fast the rest of the year. I don't need anything. I'm not doing it because I need something. I'm doing it. Father, you've done this. I thank you for it. And I know there's more and I press into your best. Because without your best, my impact is limited. The devil's impact will prevail. But with your help, I can impact my generation. Praise the Lord for the good land he's given you. Well, if you're going to, that's a Bible command. You know, you know how much your life would change if you started taking the Bible literally? So if you're supposed to praise God for good land, then what does that require you to have? Good land. But that's the time to be careful. Beware that in your plenty, you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. For when you have become full and prosperous, write that down, full and prosperous, and have built fine homes, plural, and have built fine homes to live in. Verse 17, never say to yourself, I've achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Always remember it is the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you power to create wealth. So people that criticize wealth and blessing, they think you have to make a choice that if you have, that'll take the place of God. That No, 
The Bible says God will give it to you. Just never take credit for it. Always remember it's the Lord your God that did it. And he'll keep it coming. And your tithe and offering is concrete proof that you've not forgotten who your source is. That's why it's holy. That's why it's powerful. I mean, if you're going to go on a 40-day fast, believe for the best. And I brought up that Instagram site because you can't believe for the best if you don't know what the best is. If a pornographer can have a private jet, why should a preacher struggle for transportation? They're throwing people off of airplanes because they don't like the messaging on their hat. Maybe it's God trying to provoke his children to stop being the renter and to start possessing the land. And I'm looking at people right now who will possess the land. There's going to be a street named after you. There's going to be a town named after you. There's land all over the place, man. God can turn land over to you. God has bigger things in store for you than your mind could ever comprehend. All he asks is that you stay on his path and return thanks to him. And when you do that, it keeps a cycle, an unending cycle flowing. The praises go up, the blessing comes down. More praises go up, the blessing comes down. In Jesus' name, these final 21 days of this fast, will be unusual, will contain unusual, uncommon blessings from God that come to you in Jesus' name. Uncommon miracles for you personally. Hannah fasted for a son. God gave her a son. Elisha did a miracle for the widow that paid off her debts and then gave her and her sons enough to live on the rest. God cares about you. You're not a pawn in his game to win souls. And I say that as an evangelist that's given my life to win souls. God doesn't want you saved and then, okay, now leave me alone and go win more souls. He saved you because he wants to love you and you to love him and him to enjoy himself Blessing you. Any father that loves his child enjoys blessing them. Do you understand me? He loves to bless you. It's more fun to give than receive. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. I'm telling you. I've bought nice things for me. I've bought nice things for other people. It's much more fun to buy for other people. He delights in the prosperity. Psalm 35, 27. I'm going to go off the app in a little bit because my time's up on the app so you can watch on Facebook or YouTube and then I'll make it up to you on the app by doing something 
in the not-too-distant future that's only on the app and not on Facebook and YouTube. I'm going over my time. I'm very sorry. Psalm 35, 27. But give great joy to those who came to my defense. Let them continually say, Great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servant. King James says, who delights in the prosperity of his servant. That's Psalm 35, 27. I want to see if Finest Dick has any notes on it. Let them shout for joy and be glad that favor my righteous cause, the advancement of his kingdom. Yea, let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. If God has pleasure in the prosperity of his servants in the Old Testament. Are we his servants? Yes. But what are we chiefly? We're born again in redemption to become his sons and his daughters. If he delighted to prosper his servants, how much more his sons and his daughters? I'm going to read you one more thing since I'm already over time. I won't keep you too long. Turn to Nehemiah. See if I can find it offhand. Nehemiah asks for a house. There it is. Nehemiah 2.8. So Nehemiah wants to rebuild the wall in Jerusalem. He wants to do something for the Lord and his people. But look what he throws in. O king... Please give me a letter addressed to Asaph, the manager of the king's forest, instructing him to give me timber. I will need it to make beams for the gates of the temple fortress, for the city walls, and to build a house for myself. And the king granted these requests because the gracious hand of God was upon me. You don't have to pick one or the other. Well, these people are talking about getting a home for themselves. This guy was ranting like a lunatic about people having the best of life. The Bible says we're to seek the kingdom. What did Nehemiah do? 
He went after doing something for the kingdom, and he said, and also, get me enough wood for me to have a house too. Do you know what that lets you know? You can have faith for more than one thing. Do you know how many preacher's kids don't serve the Lord? Because their parents only had faith to build the kingdom of God, and they lived in lack? You can have faith to expand God's kingdom while you simultaneously have faith to enter into the personal promises God made to you. Receive them both in Jesus' name. Write it down. I'm going to write it down. The best of life belongs to me. The best of life belongs to me. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that he became poor, that by his poverty, he would make you rich. The best of life belongs to me. The best of life belongs to me. Dream the impossible dream. Believe for it. Have a house that speaks of the goodness of God. Have a vehicle that speaks of the goodness of God. And I'm talking about doing it right. I'm not talking about going into debt to look like you're blessed. You'd be amazed what will be delivered in your hand. If you put God first and don't use your heart or your mouth to short circuit what God wants to do. Use it to water it. Thank you, Lord, that you're bringing me into a good land flowing with milk and honey. The ten spies will not talk me out of your best. In Jesus' name. Well, this was titled, Every Fast in the Bible and What It Produced. It should be titled, Two Fasts in the Bible and What They Produced. But I did better than yesterday, where I got to one. Let me pray for you. Let me agree with you in prayer. Let, let, let you have somebody who wants to see you do well. You couldn't show me a big enough home. I want to see you blessed. <clears throat> it's interesting, isn't it? That Nehemiah knew he belonged in his own home. King, give me a letter so I can have timber to rebuild the walls and then also a home for me, obviously. I'm not going to get an apartment. I'm not going to see if I, I actually have a cousin who still lives back in Jerusalem and I'm going to see if he'll, he'll let me stay with him. No. Look how, look how the great men of God thought and think like them. See what I mean about setting your eyes low? How come it doesn't say Nehemiah said, can I have some timber to rebuild the Lord's uh, temple and his wall. And then um, I have a cousin who lives in Jerusalem. I'm going to see if he'll, I think he has a spare room. Or they said that their youngest son can sleep in their room and then they're going to give me his room. That's not what he said. I also need timber to build a house for me. Let the word of God, listen, let the word of God show you where you belong in life. You don't belong at the bottom, according to Deuteronomy 28. You belong on top. 
the head and never the tail, above always and never beneath, on, t- on top in every area of life. Dream it. Look at it. I'm not talking. You know, if you start following Rob Report on Instagram and you start having a lust for the things of this world and it takes you away from God, you're to blame, not me. The whole thing started with putting God first. But when you put God first, you don't finish last, nor do you finish in the middle. When you put God first, he begins to put you first in life. And if God has blessed you, like he's blessed me, don't shut your faith off. When God told Solomon, I'll make you rich, he was already rich. Write this down, it'll be the last thing I have you write down. There's always another level in God. There is always, underline always, another level. In God. In this 40 days of prayer and fasting, fasting and prayer is a level changer. You don't come out of prayer and fasting on the same level. So stretch your eyes forth. What was that again? Genesis 13, 14. I'm going to underline it if I didn't already. Look as far as you can see in every direction north and south, east and west, I'm giving all this land. Look up before that, what God said, Genesis 13, 13. But the people of this area were extremely wicked and constantly sinned against the Lord. Sounds like where we live. After Lot had gone, the Lord said to Abraham, look as far as you can see in every direction, north, south, east and west, I'm giving all this land as far as you can see to you and your descendants as a permanent possession. Go and walk through the land in every direction, for I'm giving it to you. And there he built another altar to the Lord. People were enjoying the resources of this world who sinned constantly against God. And God said, I know they think it's theirs. I'm going to turn it over to to a man who pleases me. Your righteous living, your fasting and prayer by the grace of God qualifies you for the wealth of the wicked to come into your possession. Amen. Andra. Let's agree together in prayer. I bless you in Jesus' name. I join my faith with you in Jesus' name. Your children will have the best. You'll enjoy the best. In Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, today for an impartation of the gift of faith. What no eye has seen. What no ear has heard. What's never entered into the heart of man. Becomes the order of the day for us in this end time. There will be more Christian millionaires made. in this final period of time than at any point in history. America said, Jonathan, when are you going to take calls again? Uh, Friday, most likely. 
and then we're going to do a Zoom, a Zoom call on Saturday. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you'll line your heart up with God's word and then line your mouth up with it, God will take you high and quick. So quick, you'll, you'll just walk around like this. What did it start with? What's it saying to King James? Lift up now thine eyes. It starts with lifting up your eyes. That's why I brought up, and again, I'm already criticized for being hyper-faith and prosperity, so I might as well just go all the way. Look at what's possible. I want to see what the best is that's out there. So I can have, you can't lift up your eyes if you don't, if you don't know what to look at. So if I require a helicopter at one point, at least now I know there's a new kind that's out that's safer and quicker and everything else than, than the old ones. I don't want Magnum PI's helicopter. So if you don't know what's available, then you can't believe for the best. To believe for the best, you have to know what the best is. You know, I, I really want to read your testimonies. You couldn't send me on Instagram a picture of you in a nice enough house enjoying the blessing of God for me to be happy. The more blessed you are, the happier I'll be. And if God can't do it for you, I don't want him to do it for me either. You don't exist to bless me. I exist to sow the word of God into you and build faith so you can possess the land. The difference between the ten spies that wouldn't take the land and the two spies who took the land was their spirits. God said, but Caleb and Joshua have a different spirit, the spirit of faith. It takes the spirit of faith to possess what God said belongs to you. And unbelief will cause you to not receive what God said belongs to you. Ask the ten spies. Do you know what the names of the ten spies are? Neither do I, because nobody remembers losers. Do you know the name of the two spies that took the land? Of course you do, because everybody remembers those who triumph in faith. And you'll be one of them. You are one of them. This close out of this year will be the greatest two and a half months you've ever had. In Jesus' name.
You can have a pool next to your bed that you just roll out in the morning into the pool. Whatever you want. Thank you, Ines. I'm going to give you an opportunity to give. I'm throwing in two extra books just for today. Now, these are the, this is the 10 things the Lord showed me that took me from a negative bank balance to a, uh, into, mil, into the realm of millions by the blessing of God, and I'm still just getting warmed up. Ten Bible principles to unlock heaven's unending supply, financial overflow. I'm going to send that to you just for today. Redondo Beach, California. God bless you, George. Thanks for joining on the fast. And then this is Six Steps to Excellence in Ministry by Kenneth Copeland. And this is not a ministry talk, but I felt to mail this out today. So I'm going to add these two books along with these two books. Boldly I Come, Praying According to God's Word by Kofi, Evangelist Kofi, and America Fasting for Revival by Dr. Bob Rogers. So everybody that gives a gift of any size just today, you get all four of these books. And then I'm going to add in four more books with it, so eight total for those that will be one of the 300 that sow at the $1,000 level or more. I'm believing for 300 people that the Lord would speak to to stand with us at the $1,000 level. And I'll throw in these books, The Art of Prayer by Kenneth Hagin, Power Prayers by Dr. Bob Rogers, Six Reasons to Pray by Dr. Bob Rogers, along with all those, uh, the other books I showed you. Then my wife threw in one of our Revival Today shirts and uh, anointing oil, which is good to have in your house. That's for everybody that sows a $1,000 seed or more. So if you're able to do that from your business, not just able to, if, if you feel to, but if this message stirred your heart, it's a good time to put seed in the ground. And that's the first action of faith. And then believe for God to mul multiply it. Thank you, Mark and Christy. Thank you, Kristen. George, of course. So here's the different ways you can give. Facebook, hashtag donate. You can text RT to 50155. Good to see you, Francie. Thank you, Nick. If you want to give by cash app, dollar sign RT give, if you're in the United States. If you prefer PayPal, revivaltoday.com slash PayPal. That's a good way uh, internationally. You can always go to RevivalToday.com, our website, RevivalToday.com, and if you click Give Now, that gives you like a, a bunch of ways to give. So That's the easiest way. Thank you, Natalie. Natalie said she's giving on Cash App, so if you do that, take the, the second step and go to RevivalToday.com, claim your offer, because like Cash App doesn't collect your name and address. So then I have no way to mail the gifts to you. Then you think I'm a con artist. When really it's just because I don't know where to mail it. 
revivaltoday.com slash offer, or you can just go to the site, revivaltoday.com, claim your offer, and it lets the office people know what program you are watching. That's a pretty nice thank you pack. Four books. And then if you do a thousand or more, you can get a, basically a little junior library started. I like giving books because books change you. We don't give out a lot of like night lights and stuff here with our ministry. We, book, books contain revelation from great men and women of God that that revelation will transform anybody that applies it. Thank you, Christine. Kara, if I haven't thanked you, thank you. If you run a small group for your church or a home group and they let you pick your own curriculum, the great books to use for that. That's true, Kendra. God bless you, Nicole. Wow. Jonathan gave a thousand and wrote, Go Get Africa. That's what we're believing for. I'm believing for people to stand with us. We, we went on television five times a week, four times a week in primetime, and then Saturday night, covering the entire continent of Africa. Uh, Parthia said, How does one join in the fast? Do you have a cert, certain prayers to download? We, we do. We'll email them to you. You just have to register. Revivaltoday.com slash fastprayusa. Jonathan, thank you for your seed. I pray a hundredfold back on you. Sounds good, Kendra. Thanks, uh, Allie. Thank you. Appreciate the kind words. Can I tell you something before I go off the air? If you can ever get an understanding of how God delights in every detail of your life, you'll never segment your faith. God cares about what you eat. God cares about what you wear. If it matters to you, it matters to God. I used to plan, first of all, ministers never took vacations when I was growing up. The only way you ever traveled anywhere is if it was for a meeting. If you went to Disney World, then you preached uh, Sunday in Orlando, and then you preached the next Sunday in Orlando so that it could be a, a paid-for trip and then go to Disney during the week. Because people didn't think God cared about anything except the advancement of his kingdom, but God cares about you. You're not a pawn in his game. Thank you, Christine. A lot of givers today. And I appreciate it. So, for me, it was a big deal to even plan a vacation for me and my wife. Because I never heard anybody do that. And then um, I would plan like small vacations. One time, for our first anniversary, we stayed at a, in Kissimmee, Florida, 
And to go to Disney, I attended a timeshare seminar where they gave you free passes to Disney if you sat through the whole seminar. So I, I'm t- when I say plan small, I mean small, like as, as cheap as you can go. And I never saw God, God do anything supernatural. But when I started to say, you know what? I'm going to take, nice, take my wife on a nice trip and started to look at what the best resorts were and stuff. That's when... Supernatural things started happening. Get upgraded. Somebody, somebody, uh, I'll tell you something. This is what I was going to tell you. Usually, my wife has much more faith than me, except in this area. The vacation thing, that's my domain. So I, I booked a trip for us. This was a couple years ago. And she said, Jonathan, the money that you booked for that we, I was going to use it for this. I said, God has enough money for both things. And it was the next night at the meeting, a guy came up to me and said, listen, I've already given uh, in your meeting. And the, a couple days before, he had given me 3000 that I used for the vacation. And Adonis needed 5000 for something else. And he said, I also felt to give you this. So he gave us a check personally for 3000 that I used for the vacation and then another five for the thing that Adela said. So when I gave her that, I said, hey, remember I said God has enough for both? Here's the rest of it. And then I've never had her uh, say anything about that again. God just, if you just let God prove himself to you one time in that area, it'll settle it for you forever. The same faith you use to open a blind eye, you can use to bless your, your wife, Why have faith to open the ears of the deaf but not eat at a nice restaurant? Doesn't make any sense. But you do have to develop faith in in a bunch of areas separately. That's why there are people that have faith for great miracles and they don't have faith for transportation or housing, clothing. You know, you'll hear a guy that can get blind people healed, has faith for somebody that has no sight to be able to see. And in their same mouth, they'll say, that preacher was wearing a suit. It's worth over $5,000. I don't know how anybody could spend money on a suit like that. How can you have faith to open the eyes of the blind and you can't have faith to wear the best? It doesn't make any sense. Believe big all the way around. A friend of mine who's in heaven now sold his home because he felt the Lord speak to him to go back on the road. And he did a good probably 15-year tour in his older years. And he used the money that he sold from his house to finance the, the travel. Because he took his whole family with him. And when I say his whole family, he was older. So he took his wife, he took his son-in-law, his daughter, and their kids. And they all would sing and he would preach. So he used the money from selling his home to do that. And then, now he was in his 70s, he thought, where am I going to live? And a guy called him out of the blue and bought, said, I'm buying, I can't remember how many acres for you. And then built him a home that he gave me a tour of. 
I don't know, it's probably 5,000 square feet. He never asked anybody. The guy said, the Lord spoke to me to buy you property and build you a home. He sold his home. God gave him a much nicer home. So it's not one or the other. You put God's kingdom first, all the other things will be added unto you. Christine, double dip and gave twice. God bless you. I'm looking forward to reading your testimonies. If you've not signed up for our YouTube channel, we're going to give a, a gift away to 20 new subscribers every day. Jonathan Shuttlesworth, if you watch on YouTube but you've not subscribed, I think, what do they say, like 60% or 40% have never subscribed that watch. Do that, and you might get a gift. They're going to pick 20 random people. I believe with you, Allie. God bless you, Tanika. All of you. You are great in Jesus' name. Look forward to being with you tomorrow, same time, 11 p.m., and um, check the news tonight. I love you very much. God's best belongs to you. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.